Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Filmcast, a podcast about movies. I'm David Chen, and Barbenheimer? I didn't even know her. Joining me today is Devendra Hardwar. <laughs> Spoilers for all of our top ones, actually. It's Rebel Moon, a child of fire! <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff Kanata. I'm going to venture to guess, unlike last year, we're not going to have the same number ones. <laughs> <laughs> that is... Correct. And Jeff, how dare you shake your head at my uh, opening statement? It's like you statement. didn't even try, Dave. I actually <laughs> think you already used that one. I actually, I think you might be right about that. That's yes. my bad. That's my Just bad. Okay. recycling 2023. <laughs> wow. Folks, it is the Filmcast's top 10 films of 2023 episode. It's the episode so many people look forward to each year. This is consistently one of our most downloaded episodes of the year. Welcome to the film cast and if you haven't been listening for a while welcome back we, we're still doing what we're doing every week and you should check it out at thefilmcast.com you can email us at slash filmcast at gmail.com find us across all platforms at the filmcast pod especially on youtube where we'll be posting videos and also instagram uh and tiktok where we post short form versions of some of the stuff we talk about on today's episode of the podcast we're going to be discussing some of the biggest news stories in the entertainment world of 2023. And then we are going to be counting down our top 10 films of 2023 in sequence. None of us know what any of us have in any of our top 10s. So uh, exciting. So, yeah. yeah. This is very exciting. This is the the moment, uh, the last moment I can believe that Jeff didn't put Rebel Moon at his, as his number one <laughs> of the year, you know? And, and uh, after this, my innocence will be shattered, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we don't know what uh, we're going to do. And then afterwards for the after dark, which will be released publicly, uh, we will talk about some of the other categories that didn't quite make it into this episode, honorable mentions, biggest disappointments, uh, favorite movie of 2024, a uh, lot of great stuff coming. And of course, if you want to get early access to that episodes, as well as other exclusive episodes and ad free episodes, you can become a patron of ours at patreon.com slash film podcast where over 3,000 people support this podcast and help to keep it going. Thank you so much to everyone at patreon.com slash film podcast for your support. All right, folks, 2023. Let's talk about what happened this year. Last year, we each did a story of the year, but this year there was one big story and then other lesser stories that were mm -hmm. also important. Mm -hmm. But the biggest story this year was the strikes, right? We had a simultaneous double strike of the Writers Guild and SAG-AFTRA that stretched on for over 100 days each and brought over $6 billion of damage to the California economy. And while I know there was a lot of support for the ultimate deals that the Writers Guild and SAG-AFTRA ultimately generated, um, I've heard personally from many people who have been stretched to the limit economically mm -hmm. by what happened this last summer. So many people have left the industry or maybe never even got into it because of the stuff that happened this year. We'll never know their stories. And that really makes me sad. Um, but beyond the strikes, uh, beyond what happened, you know, like this past summer, production on a bunch of films were delayed. Movies were pushed back. Uh, there are going to be no Marvel films in 2024 other than Deadpool. Disney basically abandoned the first half of 2024. The Zack Snyder DC universe is pretty much dead at this point. And I think we will all struggle to come up with 10 movies for our summer movie wagers uh, this summer. Uh, so it's a real mixed bag because on the one hand, uh, some real gains were made 
uh, on behalf of these guilds. On the other hand, um, I think the impact, the negative impacts, uh, will be felt for a while to come. And just to be 100% clear, I blame the studios for mm-hmm. their mismanagement of this situation uh, and not the guilds who were just fighting for a sustainable living for their members. But I wanted to ask you guys, like, after all these events and the strikes, like, are you optimistic about the future now that the strikes are over, now that a deal has been struck? You know, Jeff Kanata, why don't I start with you? Like, what what is your feeling coming out of the strikes? Are you like, hey, Hollywood, we're back in it again. This is going to be great. Or are you like, that was pretty rough. What do you think? I don't think it's either of those extremes. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think ultimately um, it's progress on a certain front in in regard to um, – maintaining a level of uh, of dignity and employability for uh, artists on a number of, of levels. But it, it's also, you know, it's not a home run. It's not a pure win. And it doesn't infuse me with a, a lot of, uh, you know, blanket optimism for right. the future of the it's industry. It's like we're all, we're all staying alive for another few years. Exactly. Until, until the next one. <laughs> we're kicking out. that right. can yeah. down the yeah. road a bit. And uh, there's still a lot of problems with the entertainment industry that don't seem to be uh, addressed. And um, I don't know if the strikes could have addressed that or the, you know, the, yeah. the contract negotiations could have addressed the real problems or some of the real problems uh, at hand. So it, it is a, tumultuous time for the entertainment industry and um how that is all going to play out with these new contracts remains to be seen i am uh cautiously optimistic let's put it that way yeah Uh, obviously ai also a big part of the conversation huge it's really wild how fast it's become part of the conversation like two years ago it's not something that we anyone was really worried about now it's something that is at the forefront of a lot of people's minds uh, some wins were had in the contracts, but you know, in a few years from now, who knows how the negotiations are going to go? Devinder Hardware, what's your feeling coming out of this year and all the strikes and all the tumult? I mean, it's uh, it's a clear demonstration of the power of collective action, right? You gotta. It's a reminder to the studios, like if you don't have the writers, if you don't have actual actors to be in your movies, you have nothing. As much as they want to replace people with AI or who knows, like what their future plans are. I think this was necessary. It's unfortunate that it took so long because the studios dragged their heels. It's unfortunate that a lot of people were hurt financially because of this. Um, but we have to do these things, unfortunately, because that's the only way to make like the big money players pay attention. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, it yeah. was, I mean, effective in just like reminding the studios like this can happen. You want everything to shut down. You want billions of dollars to be drained out of the economy because of your actions. Um, it can happen before. It can happen again. I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, the other I- thing is, I- yeah. IOTC has their uh, contract yep. coming up for renewal this summer. Everyone is hoping there's not a repeat of last yep. year and that they just get this done before it becomes a crisis, you know? Yeah. It, it so. was, yeah, kind of a game of chicken, I guess, but also yeah. Yeah. a necessary thing for the workers. And I think that's very important. Also, maybe a sign agree. that a lot of the older studios probably are not long for this world, just in the way that they have treated talent and thought about these entire productions. It's like we, we saw some of the smaller ones, the younger indie productions, like, um, get passes right through um, through the strike because they had already agreed to certain things for for workers. So that I was think great. Thinking of yeah. like a twenty four, yeah, uh, you know that was able to get exemptions for some of their productions. But uh, I think you're mm-hmm. also pointing to like what was one of the most baffling things to me, mm-hmm. which is that the AMPTP is now made up of a variety of organizations, some of whom don't care about theatrical distribution. 
right? Yes. Yeah. Um, specifically, Netflix is in the AMPTP. They don't care about theatrical distribution. Meanwhile, the strikes laid waste to the theatrical slate for 2024. So you kind of have this organization that's making the decisions where, where some of them care about theatrical distribution and others don't. And it's like, and, you know, it makes for mm -hmm. a very unwieldy partnership that I'm sure was strained this last year. So anyway, uh, it was a wild time. It was a, a sad time. And I think, uh, Jeff, you're right that, you know, the problem, this didn't solve all the problems. Like the problems are still there, yeah. uh, in terms of how people can make a sustainable living in Hollywood. Um, but Hey, uh, the, the, the Hollywood industry marches on the show must go on. And this podcast has, uh, gone on for another year. Couple of other things that uh, <laughs> the real of, win out the of the strikes. Win. The real win yeah. is that we're still here doing this. The couple of other things that uh, happened this year that I thought were pretty notable. Uh, Barbenheimer was a thing. Uh, these are two movies that came out on the same day that made almost a billion dollars, or uh, in the case of Oppenheimer, almost a billion dollars. Barbie almost, over a billion yeah. dollars, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so somebody pointed out. Uh, that or many people have been pointing out the fact that this is the first year in over 20 years where the top three movies at the box office this year were not sequels. Yeah. Uh, or there was no sequels among them. They're now, yes, they're all based off of existing things. Oppenheimer, Super Mario Brothers, and Barbie. They're all based on existing yeah, things. The Oppenheimer Cinematic Universe, yes. Yeah. 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 But the, I think the fact that they weren't sequels showed that for the right event, for the right movie event, people can still turn out. Well, they were, movies, at least you know? two of those were IP, you know? So yeah, that, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is a sign of I, sure. the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I kind of throw that's a that's a yeah a, i, I you know, knew a you distinction guys without i know you guys would disagree with this Isn't premise, really original but, you know yeah, yeah, well, I'll, it, tell you, yeah. here, I'll, I'll tell you just so so, to, mm -hmm. to, so for information context uh the last time this happened was in 2001 yeah okay those three movies monsters inc fellowship of the ring uh, and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So yeah. same, some IP same difference. in there yeah. as well. Right? Each yeah. movie that yeah. has redefined cinema for the years to come. I would right? say Monsters, Inc. is the only uh, applicable <laughs> idea mm -hmm. here because, yeah. you know, yeah. what you're hoping for, the spirit of this yes. observation yes. is yeah. that, hey, movies that are original creations can be popular among audiences, can get people, get those asses in seats, but that's not really what's happening here. Um Perhaps you could apply that to Oppenheimer in some yeah. sense, but I mean, yeah. Barbie is arguably ver a very original approach to that IP. Of course, and I think that, but it's that not. Yeah. Gets if this yeah. had been a movie yeah. uh, that didn't have anything to do with the the classic doll that we all grew up with, yeah, it would not have achieved yeah. that kind of cultural moment. And that's the real problem. You know, maybe it's not yeah. a problem. Well, maybe uh, it's, uh, to uh, some, uh, it is not. It's a it's a well received point, Jeff. But let me uh, add this to it, which is that I think that what this year showed is that people want either something brand new and fresh, like arguably Oppenheimer, or a fresh take on something they're familiar with. Mm -hmm. Right? Super Mario Brothers, Spider Verse, uh, Barbie. Like those are all, in my opinion, fresh takes on something they're familiar. I, with. I mean, argu arguable about, about Super Mario. Mario. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's fresh in the sense that we have not seen that. You know, version we've not of that seen character. it on the big screen, but it's certainly screen, it, you know? I think it is so. the biggest example of just like rehashing what you know in the form of what you know in a way that's very safe that no, that doesn't hurt anybody. You know, so it's it's a good part of this discussion, but yeah. that is the safest, least original, you know, thing here. All right, that's that's fair. Uh, look, 
there are exceptions <laughs> that prove the rules that I'm that are pitching at you guys. You're right? uh -huh. I think it's a little I'm bit of a, trying to squeeze that square peg into yes, that round hole. That's but, fair. That's you know, fair. and I on honestly think the the triumph of Barbie is that it's snuck in something original. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Trojan horsed something original yes. into something that I think to outside observers appeared to be uh, very uh, knowable and mm -hmm. and tame. And, you know, uh, I don't think yeah. that what people were craving was the fresh take on Barbie. They got the fresh take on Barbie mm -hmm. despite their cravings. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the that's the real brilliance of what Gerwig did with that movie. But I don't know. I don't. Agree. I actually don't agree with that. I think if Barbie had been some like regular romantic comedy or something, I don't think it would have done as well. I think no, it's because of true. the fresh. I think it's if it's yeah. because of the fresh take that it did well. But that's, it's both. That's it me, is both. Know? It is yeah. the confluence of both factors, and that's also the society we're living in now. Like we expect the nostalgia takes, but we're still delighted by being surprised. I think that is still a fun thing that we'll never get. You know, we'll never lose. Surprise delay is always fun. Yeah. Let me I just would say argue that the success of. Super Mario Brothers belies that point. Yes. That, like it, th that movie could have been brilliant and subversive and amazing. Mm. It wasn't. It didn't matter. It, it made could make all more money. money. Maybe mm. it could have mm. made more money. I don't well, know. Well, hey, yeah. the, uh, I'll, I'll say I think the audiences, for, you know, the movie going public is not a monolith. And mm -hmm. the Correct. audiences for Barbie and Super Mario Brothers are probably pretty different, is my guess. Correct. So, yes. uh, but, but the but audience here, of you're my four-year-old daughter. With the same brush. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But let's say, I, I think I, what I'm trying to communicate is mm -hmm. that. Uh, I think Barbenheimer was just very encouraging. Those are both bold films that, even though they weren't based off of original ideas necessarily, mm -hmm. um, were original takes, like were fresh takes, and they both did exceptionally well at the box office this year. I, and and mm -hmm. I love that. I love. I that, don't so. disagree with any of that. I do think it is ultimately unrepeatable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it is a weird phenomenon. That just happened in this. This I think it's like Top Gun. Yeah, was where it's like you, yeah, you're not yeah. going to be able to make that lightning strike again. It, but it, oh, they will try to, to repeat it. They will try <laughs> right. because that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be uh, it, it'll be what we are talking about when uh, Shoots and Ladders comes out the same year as Inception <laughs> Two. You know, like we'll be like <laughs> they're trying to make Barbenheimer happen again. And, uh, Multiple yeah. levels to those Shoots and Ladders. You're just going deeper. Yeah. Down the snake, <laughs> down the ladder. All right. The the final thing to mention, uh, 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 final big story to mention is the complete near collapse of all superhero films that came out this year. Um, superhero films failed one after another. Quantum Mania, The Flash, Aquaman two, Blue Beetle, and The Marvels. The latter of which was the worst performing Marvel film ever. Doctor Strange uh, two is out here like, hey, I I'm good. <laughs> I'm still good, guys. Yay! Guardians like of, the, Strange, Guardians right? of the Galaxy three is the yeah. Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy. Gonna, I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, there were successes: Guardians mm -hmm. of the Galaxy Volume three uh, and Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. But I think the good old days of a movie like Aquaman or Captain Marvel being able to make a billion dollars being a sure thing yeah. right, mm -hmm. are over. Are over, right? Jeff, you're a Marvel zombie from way back. I am. How indeed. are you? Kind of sitting with this. That we have never seen like so many superhero films do so badly in one year. Oh yes, year, we have. Ever. I lived through the '90s, but there, but there was not as many as there are in this year. Like they, they, they wouldn't come out as frequently. Perhaps, perhaps. I just I named. Know. I would what, love one, to go two, back three, and look, four, at, the, four, five, <laughs> look yeah. at the time when we had Catwoman and uh, Elektra and uh, yeah. You know, like, those, all, <laughs> I don't think those all came out in the same. This, we're talking Probably about like seven, not, but seven I, movies came out. It this year, felt so. like it to me. <laughs> it was a really bad era. It was a bad time. <laughs> 
Yeah. Electro was 2005. Was... Catwoman was 2004. You know, like Electra, the, the spinoff of Daredevil. Yeah. We, we would be lucky to get like two superhero films in one year. We got like mm-hmm. seven this year. I so, yeah. I think that's yeah. that's probably accurate. It felt like that was all concentrated. By the way, I did not mean to bring up two uh, woman-led uh, <laughs> Wow, movies. Jeff. Just yeah, trying yeah. to cancel yourself that's today. Just, yeah. Let's just you, you could have easily said Blade 3. You could have easily said Blade 3. <laughs> I could have said Daredevil. Fantastic I could have said films. Fantastic yeah. Four. Phantom. You know? I wow. Yes, there's the, many yeah. I could have uh, brought up. <laughs> the Saint. The Saint. Yeah, they're going way back. Um, the Shadow. Just assume that I said all those. <laughs> okay. Interesting uh, your mind went there first, though. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. So, so how does this all sit with you, Jeff? You know, like you, you have witnessed the rise and now perhaps beginning fall of what's going on here, right? Yeah. Um, I know I said multiple times this year that I kind of feel like the MCU ended with Endgame, like that for me, mm-hmm. like then it, it became these kind of individual movies that could either be good or bad, but weren't really creating a larger tapestry anymore. And uh, the TV thing confused everything, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I think the TV thing was problematic on, on, a, on a certain level. And it, it was just, you know, they flooded the channel, yeah. so to speak, with... Uh, they flooded the zone with yeah, yeah, superhero with films. <laughs> too many things. And I think it became... I, I think, you know, superhero fatigue has become a cliche, but I don't think it's inaccurate. I think that, that you know, at a certain point, the audience just went, it's just all too mm-hmm. much. And we had this great, great crescendo... And now what are we doing? And there didn't seem to be a great answer to that question. (laughs) And while I think there have been a number of really entertaining films post Endgame, Shang-Chi and, you know, there's a bunch I could list. Um, I I happen to love several of the movies that tanked this year, including Mm -hmm. Marvel's. I thought the Marvel's was fantastic. Yep. I thought it was great fun. Um, I, I, I think ultimately this is kind of a healthy thing for the movie industry as a whole. I don't think superhero movies are going away. Clearly James Gunn's initiative with Mm -hmm. Warner brothers and DC is, is going to try to uh, gain some new momentum uh, in the, in, you know, 2025 and beyond. We'll see how that works out. And Marvel is, you know, uh, reconfiguring its expectations and, and its plans. And I, I suspect we haven't seen the last of uh, real big Marvel moves. I don't, I don't mourn the loss because we got such an incredible concentration. It was of, a great run. Yes. Yeah, it was a great yeah. run. And so like, let's temper it a bit. Let's pull back. Let's not have every month a new superhero movie hit the movie screens. I think that's yeah. healthy. I love the idea that we can have a more diverse set of big, popcorn movies as well big tent pole films can be you know now having said that we already talked about how maybe this pendulum is swinging in a direction that's equally as frustrating where we're gonna get you know any old ip is gonna have its cinematic universe who knows where we're headed in that yeah. direction because i don't think it's gonna be a return to the days of you know you're gonna get a, a, a terminator well, right you can't even call it. now that would be just a franchise i'm saying like an original <laughs> right fun movie i mean we we just don't we're not we're not going there right unfortunately right. it that would might be, nice. be it might be toy base it, I, i'm i'm not being i'm 100 percent serious it might be toy based movies it's video it might be video games that's yeah. like what's gonna be the next era of it's a hundred percent going to be right a gold rush. It already, we're already yeah. seeing this gold rush to, yeah. to video game IP. Yeah. And, 
Um, I don't know if that's going to, if we get the level of quality that we got during the, the heyday of, of the MCU, I'm down for it. I love video games. I think there's great characters and stories there, but what I ultimately would like is everybody not doing the same thing, yeah. mm-hmm. more diversity, more interesting, you know, even in the, in the context of just big fun summer blockbusters i would love there to be a little more variety mm-hmm. there it's also such a backwards thing too like video games translating into movie narratives has always been rough unless you do it episodically honestly like the last of us because you could look at a comic as like a blueprint of a film a storyboard for a film whereas a game you have your own control you have your own like the enjoyment of a game mm. is what you do and you never will have that in the movie and i, do, I feel like a lot of that is going to be a failure i do want to point out um Basically every decade, like Hollywood goes through decade long, like, you know, uh, yeah, trends. sequences, like trends. trends. Yeah. Right, yeah. And I was watching uh, our friend Patrick Willems video about Days of Thunder and just uh, how much of a failure that movie was and how much that like killed the 80s. Like no more of this, no more of like whatever <laughs> right. this whole the montage sequences, very like wrote 80s action movies. Those are dead now. And that happened at the end of the nineties, you know, it happened there, with, um, there, there was yeah. Westerns. It was once like Westerns were the thing. Every other movie was a Western. And then that yep. period went away, you know? And so <laughs> Dave's uh, recalling uh, the, the heydays of his youth in the 1950s. Heydays of the 50s. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm not saying I was around for it, Jeff. I'm just saying it <laughs> yeah. wasn't like yeah. Hollywood has seen trends yeah. come yeah. and go. And the gritty oh, yeah. movies, the gritty realism of the seventies uh, led to bubblegum pap- capitalism of the eighties, right. And fantasy. And then the nineties was just like pure X. So it's all, it's always a thing. And for some reason, superheroes ended up being the thing for the late 2000s and 2010s. Who knows what the next thing will be? Yeah. I mean, if we're lucky, there is a next thing. You know, like if we're lucky, there is <laughs> a thing that's going to be a next that thing. continues yeah. to fund this dying industry, which is theatrical film going. But mm-hmm. uh, the thing that I'm most curious about is I don't know if you guys recall, but James Gunn, I think it was this year, uh, announced this extremely ambitious plan for the DC universe. He Mm -hmm. said, there's going to be video games and the same actors are going to play the same characters in the video games. And there's going to be 10 movies and all these. And remember the animatrix in the matrix video game. We're going to just do all that. Yeah. People will turn out for Superman legacy when it comes out in 2025. But the question is, I I guarantee that movie is going to make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. yes, I agree. I think Superman is, just Superman as a character just brings people. I think it right, will. Right. The question is, how viable is that plan in a post the Marvels world? Right. Like, how uh, are we going to see that come to fruition, or is it just going to be, hey, every once every three to four years we get a a Superman and a Batman movie? You know, like uh, I'm. I, I don't. If I had to place my bets now, I don't think mm-hmm. James Gunn's universe is going to come to pass because I think. The moment has passed. Like the audience is not there anymore for some of these smaller characters. I don't know that people are going to turn out for a swamp thing, you know, or whatever. Uh, well, it'll minor be interesting to see yeah. how ambitious they are out the gate, right? Like, let Superman come out and be a yeah. hit. What does that? What's the n- next steps? Right. Are yeah. you are you immediately like moving toward a Justice League movie, or do you kind of slow roll yeah. this a yeah. bit and let <clears throat> let it gain its own momentum? I think if they learned anything from Marvel, that's the smart play is like, let's not serve up the whole pizza. We can do slice by slice for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately it's like, Oh, I ate a whole pizza. The pizza was awesome. Yeah. Um, I I think James Gunn, I have a lot of faith in, in his storytelling ability. So I I think he's probably going to take your approach. Also, uh, Batman two is theoretically coming out, uh, in, in the next, uh, 18 months or so. So like, uh, we're going to get a lot more data. 
in the next year or two in terms of how much audiences really miss superhero films. Yeah. But this does feel like a decisive year uh, mm-hmm. in terms of this genre. Uh, it feels like and, a paradigm shift for yep. sure. Yeah. yeah, indeed. So anyway, those were some of the big stories from 2023. What a year. Uh, we are grateful that you who are listening have been with us through a very wild and interesting time in the entertainment industry. Let's take a break for a sponsor. We'll be back with more on the Filmcast right after this. This episode of the Filmcast is brought to you by Every Plate. Every Plate. Woo! Are you looking to, at your budget for food expenses in the new year? I know I am. It's a big deal. Big deal. I want to save. I want to eat great, but I don't want to spend a ton. Well, guess what? America's best value meal kit is here. It's every plate. Their meals are cheaper than your average fast casual meal. So you can ditch the takeout, save money while still enjoying fresh, satisfying meals. It's the easiest way to eat affordably. Put the money you save toward making plans for 2024. Also, get this. You can sizzle your way into the new year with $1 steak for life. What? You heard me. $1 steak for life. Simply add a 10-ounce ranch steak to your weekly order for just a dollar per box while your subscription is active. Now, that is raising the stakes for dinner. See what I did there? Because we were talking about steaks. But hey, you say, what if steak's not my thing? Well, guess what? Every plate provides plenty of delicious variety for more than 25 tasty and affordable recipes that change every week. So it's easy to find something flavorful and satisfying for every meal of the day, like breakfast 24-7, 15 minutes or less meals, feel-good food, and big batch faves. Plus, add even more delicious options to your order with over 25 convenient sides, breakfast items, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. I am so excited to try my first Every Plate box. It arrives next week, and I'm so excited because I love cooking for my family. I just don't want to spend a fortune doing it. You can get a meal for $1.49 plus $1 steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49filmcast. That's 49-F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T. Subscription must be active to qualify and redeem the $1 stake. Again, that's everyplate.com slash podcast and the promo code 49filmcast for $1.49 per meal plus $1 stakes. That's up to $110 value. Woo! All right, folks, before we get to our top 10, let's do a quick weekly plugs. Weekly Plugs, the part of the show each week where we plug something else we've been making. I just want to throw out a plug for my free newsletter, Decoding Everything, at decodingeverything.com. I wrote an article about five things I learned in 2023, uh, and I've been getting a lot of positive feedback about that. Uh, I plan to continue the newsletter in 2024, uh, bring some more writers on, going to be covering Sundance in a couple weeks. So be sure to subscribe at decodingeverything.com. Divinder Hardware, hit us up with a weekly plug. 
Sure. Over on the Engadget podcast, uh, we did a bit of a CES preview. By the time you're hearing the CES is probably already kicked off, but uh, we've had some early stories going up. We have some predictions about what we'll see at the show. Expect to hear a lot about AI PCs and things like that. So it's going to be a fun show. Check out the Engadget podcast and stay tuned to our coverage at Engadget. Very cool. Looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Jeff Kanata, your weekly plug. Every single week here on the show, I make a limerick for the movie that we are covering. If you'd like to have a limerick made for you, I'm willing to do that as well at cameo.com slash Jeff Kanata. People have found them delightful. Uh, check out my 150 plus five-star reviews over there on Cameo. These are bespoke, made to order, delivered by me to you via video. Uh, and uh, lots of fun. I did a bunch of them over the holidays. I uh, got some wonderful feedback from folks that that really um, uh, enjoyed the the silliness of the the limericks. So uh, jump over there, cameo.com slash Jeff Kanata, your own limerick for any occasion. All right. And of course, I want to throw a plug out for our Patreon page at patreon.com slash film podcast, where you can find ad free episodes, exclusive after darks. Uh, we recently have put on the After Dark reviews like our discussion about Maestro and Poor Things and Saltburn and the Holdovers. Um, so much there at the After Dark. Uh, it's because basically it's been an extremely full holiday season. And so anything we can't fit in the main episode, we put in the After Dark. Um, and we are so grateful for all the pe people at patreon.com slash film podcast who support this show and help to keep it going. Of course, we never want you to donate. If it in any way causes you financial hardship, it's always easy to support us by leaving a star rating for us on Apple Podcasts, sharing this podcast with your friends, blogging about it, sending out newsletters about it, posting on Instagram about it. Every little bit helps. Thank you so much to everyone who makes the show possible. All right, folks. Let's get to it. Our top 10 films of 2023. Now... Usually I ask you guys before we start counting these down, like what was it like to make your list this year? And, you know, every year it's always like a little bit agonizing in different ways. Uh, I will say I felt like we, you know, uh, this year's list, I felt like we had an abundance of way, films. It was hell this like, year because there's too many movies. I didn't, I didn't feel, I don't think I felt that way last year. Like yeah, last year yeah, I felt yeah. like there's good movies, but like I'm pr very proud of the list. But this year it was like, mm -hmm. I have like 30 movies I want to put yeah. on my top 10. You know, Jeff, yeah. what was your feeling building this out? Similar. Uh, yeah. My short list was, uh, I think 20. I yeah. have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, honorable mentions. So, wow, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so say, a second uh, top 10 list. I, yeah, I was like, I was like, I, I have like, you know, 15 honorable mentions. So, I was like, <laughs> we're not going to mention any of our honorable mentions on the main episode. You have to wait for the after dark for those. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I will also say that, you know, as with most years, my top four have been locked for weeks, like, no deviation in the top mm -hmm, four. Mm -hmm. Uh, but all the other ones, like, Literally last night there was like a last minute replacement uh, for the last for the, the bottom two choices. I think what I'm really uh, happy with in my list this year is that there's a lot of um, diversity just in terms of what these movies do. They're not. Mm -hmm. It's not all like nine superhero films and like one drama, right? It's like every movie is doing something a little bit different, and I think that's like, that's kind of something we try to do with these lists. Is like. We try to highlight movies that people wouldn't otherwise see. But for me, I'm trying to make this list represent my year of movies. Like the, yeah, the yeah, wide same. vastness of all the stuff that we saw this year 
is kind of represented in this list. So do you guys right. have any predictions of how much crossover there will or will not be? I think I, maybe I, the least amount of crossover. I honestly have no idea. I'm going to guess. Yeah. I'm going to guess there's like five or six. I think there uh, are, that are going to cross over on each of ours. I, I'm going to guess there are at least two, maybe three movies that will be on all three of our lists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a significant chance my number one is going to be the same as Jeff's number one. Probably. Um, really? So I can probably. Guy. I could probably guarantee. You okay. Well, the yeah. fa- Jeff's reaction just now <laughs> is like that's not encouraging. Um, I, I, so, I'm doubting it. I will be surprised if you have my movie as your number mm-hmm. one. Okay. Uh, but but, but right. it, it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay, I don't know right. if you liked Rebel Moon that much. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> all right, folks. To be fair, I. I did not like Rebel Moon. I <laughs> my literal I line know. was I can't bring myself to hate this. <laughs> Let's be clear. Jeff doesn't want the uh I've gotten so many messages this week about it. <laughs> Friends have been texting me. Mm-hmm. Are you like, okay? Yeah. I, de- I just didn't hate it. <laughs> uh I, I, I'm i going to be shocked when Jeff puts Shazam Fury of the Gods as his number mm, yeah, one. Oh, yeah, that movie cool. happened. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So I will tell you, one of the one of the interesting experiences of uh, doing this list this year was going, that was this year? Uh-huh. <laughs> that came out this year? <laughs> long yeah. year. It's, yeah. It has been a long year, hasn't it? It's it, been a long I, year. There were movies that I could, if you had asked me, I would have... Like Shazam, for example, I would have bet hard cash that it was a 2022 movie. <laughs> All right. I am really excited. Uh, also, Jeff, you know, something else we've discussed. I will tell you this. Every movie on my list has either been a main review or something I have brought up during what we want. Oh, so nice. Like, there's been no. Oh, that's a, I think that's yeah. the first time maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You are, I, but, you are famous for. I watched fourteen <laughs> movies in the right, last yeah. two days. So, yeah, but so you see, I tried to no curtail. One, no one can watch them until February of next year. <laughs> I tried to curtail that this year. I tried. To, I tried to like tone that down this year. Um. So anyway, <laughs> a guy snuck me a VHS tape. <laughs> I, I I think we've gotten some feedback that people have felt like cheated in the past of like, oh, it's yeah. so weird that like Dave's number one was a movie he's never mentioned until now. <laughs> exactly. And I, under- I understand that. So like I, I consciously in, in tried April, to April, it'll hit VOD. <laughs> you know? I consciously tried to like, you know, uh, to avoid that or not, not avoid, but like be aware of that. Anyway, all that said, let's get into it. The film casts top 10 films of 2023. Devendra Hardwar, what is your number 10 film? Of 2023. Let's go. My number <laughs> 10 movie is How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Listen, if I touch or even jostle this primer too much, could detonate. I need you to take this. I'm 20 yards back. If anything goes wrong, then don't come in unless I tell you to, unless you see fire. Don't come in. Got it. I loved Daniel Goldhaber's film. Uh, it's a perfectly tuned thriller that's about the moral weight of eco-terrorism. And I think it's unique for really giving us that perspective of activists who have kind of had enough, like trying to work through all the uh, standard ways of affecting change and have just been like, well, this will get people to notice things. It's weird to me, like how property destruction is looked down upon when uh, the continued pillaging of our planet by oil, oil companies and others is just like, yep, 
we're just going to keep doing this. Uh, the UN's, uh, you know, climate council being led by the head of Abu Dhabi's <laughs> national oil company. We're all like celebrating like a line of, of uh, that the countries have somewhat said that we will reduce oil production or reduce CO2 and carbon emissions by 2050. Okay, congrats. By then we'll all be dead, you know? So yeah, I loved How to Blow Up a Pipeline. I think more people should see. I think people should probably check out this book. And I do think like the idea of how we kind of like affect climate um, activism is going to have to be clearly like looked on. I don't know. I think we will have to rethink a lot of things. Devendra, that is a fantastic choice for your number 10 great movie. Um, Jeff Kanata, I think you accidentally inverted your muting because you didn't mm-hmm. mute your coughing just now, and I can't hear you as you're coughing. Gosh darn it. That's true. <laughs> I was saying to Devendra, uh, cough, 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 is what I yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, um, no, that's, I, a, that's a smog coming, coming yes, right at you. that's my commentary. <laughs> I yes, feel nice, this movie nicely in done, my Jeff. lungs. Yeah. Nicely no, done. I, uh, I did not see this, and so I will have to make a point It's on Hulu. It. It's on Hulu. Mm. I remember you talked about it, Dave, but I only got to see it like a couple months ago, and I, oh, I freaking nice. loved it. Yeah. Nice. Great. Well, as I, as I said, great choice. Uh, potentially, you might want to remember me saying that as the list goes on. Mm-hmm. Jeff Kanata, what is your number 10 movie of the year? So number 10 is a place that I love to do something a little <laughs> out yeah. of left field. Yes. Right? Yes. I remember, you, I think you chose Don't Look Up for your number 10 I one did year. Last and that really, year. I did. Mm-hmm. And I really, really did not, you, you guys did yeah. not care for that. Oscar I nominated care. Don't Look Up. Yeah. Yes. I did not care for that. Indeed. Yeah. I don't care for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> met with a lot of uh, derision on that pick. Um, <laughs> this year, I, I looked over, there's a lot of movies, as we've mentioned, that I was trying to cram into this list. A lot of, a lot of, things vying for number 10 on my list because Mm -hmm. I just wanted to squeeze in, oh, that movie really deserves to be there. Oh, that movie really deserves to be there. But ultimately, I went with a movie that has stuck with me in a way that few do. Mm. I guarantee you, I don't think either of you even have seen this. Mm. Very Mm. few people have. This is a documentary that I mentioned. Mm. Mm. It's called... Just one mile. Look, man, every person out here, you can only promise one thing. And I can only promise you, any, any, any of you guys, one thing. I'm going to run as far as I can possibly run. No more, no less. But, but, but it's, it's not complicating. You have one, you have one objective. Stay present, man. Be patient. Guys, now Greg's here. The whole first 30 hours is just a warm-up. You got to be patient for that. Just One Mile is an incredible experience. I don't know if I would put it up there with the greatest documentaries I've ever seen on a mm-hmm. pure filmmaking level. That isn't to, that isn't a knock, right? I don't... I think uh, the... Uh, uh, directors uh, Dwayne uh, Codrington and Ed Coughlin did a, a fantastic job following this race. This is the story of uh, this endurance race that has no end. You go until there's only one person left. And I cannot get this movie out of my head. As someone who continues to participate in endurance running in my life, um, a look into what is truly one of the ultimate tests of endurance 
is powerful, it's moving, and ultimately inspiring. And it's a very intimate tale. It the the characters in it are vibrant and you will never forget them, these real humans that do this to themselves. I I cherish this as one of the experiences uh, of watching movies in 2023. And like I said, it it opened me up into a lot of endure, other endurance uh, documentaries that didn't come out this year, but this was the inciting incident. This was the, the film that made me go down that path. And I think it deserves a spot as number 10 on my list. Uh, I love the kind of out of the box, like out of nowhere, like you might not have predicted a choice, Jeff. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. Awesome. And awesome that it's a documentary too. I'm usually the one repping documentaries on the top 10 list. By the way, minor spoiler, no documentaries on my list this year, which oh, I was really uh, wow. kind of bummed about. Uh, yeah. Some on the honorable mentions, but n- none of the top 10 this year. Just one mile. It speaks is, to what you were just, how you set this whole, whole thing up where like, I wanted the list to represent yes. me in a certain level. And I love it. Suggest love it. movies that people might not have thought about since we originally brought them up. And yeah. this is a very personal pick for me and and one I'm proud to put on my list. I love it. I love it. As time goes on, like the lists become more of a reflection of us, right? And how we're different or the same, uh, depending on the year. So uh, just a mile, Jeff's number 10, great choice. On that note, Jeff Kanata, my number 10 choice of the year is Bo is Afraid. Hi, Carrot. It's Mom. I'm just calling to say that I'm so, so, so excited to see you tomorrow. Joseph! You're my angel and I love you. Okay, I love you. Okay, bye, sweetie. I love you. Listen to your mother when I tell you to not be my This is a movie that does something that no other movie this year achieved. When I reviewed this movie over at DecodingEverything.com, I wrote, Imagine every negative thought and neurosis you've ever had about yourself, your family, the strangers around you, the neighborhood you live in your future, your talents, the universe, everything. Now imagine all those negative thoughts manifested and became real. An endless dream from which you cannot wake, end quote. That's basically what it's like to watch Bo is Afraid. It's three excruciating hours (laughs) inside of one man's anxiety, guilt, and neuroses. And while most people will probably find it to be incomprehensible nonsense, I thought it was a masterpiece. I felt seen. So, <laughs> and that's why Bo is Afraid mm-hmm. is my number 10 film of 2023. That's a, that's a bold choice, Dave. I totally, I totally understand that for you. I will say this means you can never complain about movie length again, ever again. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I generally do. Some, I mean, you're yeah, right. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes, I, sometimes, very occasionally. I, but it, I, sometimes it's justified, but it's also less, it's less of a complaint. I'm less complaining. Sometimes I yeah. feel like, hey, so, it, this movie would be better if it were. Short, yes, you know? but, yes, yes. But uh, I try not to complain about movie length. It's, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I but anyway, I had no, yeah, no, I have no issues with the length of the movie. I was like, hey, you know, some of the movies you're like, I wish this could last forever. This is um, just like living <laughs> through my life. Yeah. yeah, this is just like this is just like <laughs> another I, I'm, day. I'm so glad. Yeah, another day, another day in Bo, uh, in David. I mean, Bo's life. Mm. Um, so that's my number. That movie certainly is an experience. I will say that about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's get to number nines. Devendra Hardware. What is your number nine choice of 2023? My number nine movie is poor things. I think this movie is Yorgos Lanthimos firing on all cylinders. It's his most powerful film. And I think his most hopeful film with a cast. that's like fully prepared to get weird and wild. I think it's also the sort of film you can watch and 
all, almost makes you reassess like how you view the world or how you have come to some conclusions about the world because it's such a philosophical film. So yeah, I love this thing. Um, you know, in I don't maybe for similar reasons to how you like but was afraid, Dave. Like I do think like this movie just hits on a lot of levels for me. So yeah, loved poor things. Uh, great choice. We recently reviewed Poor Things on the After Dark. We all loved it. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a wonderful, delightful film. Poor Things is it's the Vinger Hard Wars number nine film of 2023. Jeff Kanata, your number nine film of 2023. My number nine is Talk to Me. I'm oh yeah, nice. I love it. Nice. I love nice. it. I'm generally not the first person yes. to mm-hmm. jump at the chance of seeing the new horror movie. Right. As regular listeners of the show will note. But there tends to be every year one horror movie that I'm forced to watch that I end up absolutely falling in love with. This year, that movie is Talk to Me. It is such a clever, cool premise. And like the very best horror ideas, it works as a metaphor for something that we all do, that we all think about. And (laughs) this movie goes places. It's daring, smart filmmaking, and it shows that you don't need hundreds of millions of dollars to make something special. I absolutely loved Talk To Me, and it is my number nine. Jeff, I feel like you're putting me to shame repping documentaries and horror Amazing. films in your Amazing. top 10, <laughs> which is, I don't even know if that's ever happened. I don't, have you put horror films in your top 10? Yeah, I think uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was mm-hmm. in mine last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's really uh, not supernatural horror, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it's a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. it is 100. Yeah. percent And I think the whole time you think it's potentially supernatural. Spoilers yeah, yeah. for bodies, bodies, bodies. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. Well, great choice for number nine. Uh, a movie I loved. Uh, yeah. Talk to me. It's Jeff's number nine film of 2023. My number nine film is All of Us Strangers. Drink. It's Japanese. It's meant to be the best in the world, but I, I couldn't tell you why, so. No, thanks. Okay, um, okay, how about I come in anyway? If not for a drink, then for whatever else you might want. Uh, nice. This is a kind of quiet, small indie drama. Fox Searchlight put it out. And the one question this movie asks, you know, this is revealed in the first few minutes of the movie, is what if you could speak to your parents when they are the age that you are, when they were the age that you are now, basically, right? How would those conversations go? What would you say? Mm -hmm. How would they respond to the person you are now from back then? It's a really compelling idea. It's rendered beautifully in this film with amazing performances by Andrew Scott, Jamie Bell, and Claire Foy. Plus, Paul Mescal plays a character uh, you know, who's in a relationship with Andrew Scott, and their uh, relationship has a tenderness uh, that is poignant and profound. Uh, there's images from this movie, moments from this movie that just I just can't get out of my head. You know, Jeff, is like you're describing mm-hmm. just one mile. I just can't get it out of my head. can't stop thinking about some of these ideas, some of these images. So... Yeah, uh, the movie is all all of us strangers. It's in limited release right now. It will be available for home video at some point in the near future. I'm bummed that more people haven't seen it yet, but yeah, it's it, a truly beautiful movie. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So it I, is. Yeah, this is a huge hole in my. I really wanted mm-hmm. to see this before we recorded, and I didn't get a chance to. I chose a different movie to watch last night, uh, which I'm sure <laughs> we'll talk about at some point. Mm. 
But um, did the did the movie? I also watched the movie last night. Did you? Did yours that you watched last night make it into your top ten, Jeff? It did not. Yeah, n- neither did mine. Neither did it's mine. a dangerous <laughs> thing. It's yeah. so dangerous. And yeah. we're like, oh. Yeah. Does this yeah. really compete there's a lot with of everything I've seen on that this movie? Year. Yeah. yeah, you watch it the night before <laughs> yeah. the list. The night before the top ten, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, my number nine is All of Us Strangers. All right, Devin, your hardware. Let's get to your number eight film of 2023. My number, my number eight film is The Zone of Interest. Jonathan Glazer doesn't make many films, but when he does, I think we should all pay attention. Uh, this is a chilling film about the humanity we give up to live in a world of domestic comfort. I think it's something we need to pay attention to right now in the future before we let history repeat itself uh, in the Middle East and elsewhere. Like it is a thing. It is such a simple thing. It is like what we give up basically for safety and security. And it's such a powerful movie because it it does it in a way that is very deft. Um, I think it can feel boring. I can understand why it didn't really click with you, Jeff, but I think there's something chilling about this movie to watch this perfect family life happening while in the background, you hear gunshots and you hear random cries and screaming, but this little, this little square, this little like perfect country house with a little pool in the back. This is great. This is what they've worked towards. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter like what it takes to get there. I think this movie is unforgettable. So yeah, that's why I'm picking the zone of interest. It's a great choice, Devendra. This movie has been on a lot of top 10 lists, been uh, on many critics, like number one. I think it is a very provocative mm-hmm. work and very interestingly made. Um, it, I think it resonated more with you than it did with me and Jeff this year, but it's still something that I think demands people's attention. Definitely something I think is worth checking out. Um, so great choice for your number eight film of 2023, The Zone of Interest. I'm so glad it resonated with you, but I found it to be two of the worst hours of my life. <laughs> I mean, as it should yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially yeah. as it should have been. Yeah. Potentially right. Potentially. As it should have been. Jeff Kanata, your number eight film of 2023. My number eight is No One Will Save You. Ooh. Mm. Nice. Lo- uh, another oh my God, Another horror wow. movie. What is well, going my last, on? My last pick was a horror movie, Talk to Me. And this is a thriller that doesn't talk at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's the <laughs> opposite that, of Talk to Me. That is not what makes it special. In fact, I wish it hadn't stuck to that yeah. so stringently. Same. But what it does do, it does brilliantly. It creates tension. It shows a smart character doing smart things, working through impossible odds, and constantly hits me with jaw-dropping moments of surprise and excitement. This felt like such a departure from the kind of cookie cutter, you know, tentpole movies that we were watching around that time. It, it just is so much fun, so unexpected, so cool, so different. I absolutely loved No One Will Save You. It's a great choice. This movie is a great time. Um, it's something that you should definitely watch on Hulu. Uh, really well made. Had a blast watching it. Um, love this choice, Jeff. Love this choice. No one will save you. I think we all we all enjoyed this movie, if I recall correctly, right? So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right. My number eight film of 2023 is How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Yay. Yeah. I think this is one of the most culturally and politically relevant movies that was released this year. First of all, it's a nonstop throw ride. It's just like gripping from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. It's structured like a heist movie. They're putting together a crew and they try to accomplish this mission and you slowly learn everyone's backstories. But Devendra, as you said, what resonates about this movie is that it's a movie about what happens when people feel like they have no recourse 
into what happens in our society. More and more, I feel like I hear this kind of hopelessness in how people talk about our politics, like that they, they cannot stop what is going on that they are not pleased with. Uh, and what are, you know, this hopelessness about like what our politics and our capitalism has wrought. And this movie, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, is about that hopelessness and what it can be channeled into mm-hmm. and how it can be channeled. Um, and you got to love a movie where when you Google it, you get put on a government watch list, you know? Yeah. So well, that was uh, the plan all along. You, you can't, know? you can't, uh, you can't I mean, discount that. That's the same thing applies to Rebel Moon. So <laughs> <laughs> every Netflix subscriber though. Yeah. I'm also just going to put this out there. I'm also just going to put this out there. You know, like we, we've been choosing our top 10 lists for many years and look, uh, some of them don't age well. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to put this out there. I, you know, I'm going to say like maybe War Horse. As my number one movie, <laughs> maybe may, you've wow, you've you've, co- you've really put grown. that house or to pasture. Maybe wow. maybe that didn't age well. Maybe I could have put that as number three instead. Okay, <laughs> wow. Of the year, I I'm gonna say I think this one's gonna age well. Putting mm-hmm. this one on the top ten is gonna be like oh, wow, this particular like, movie or this, this list? movie like this movie like is is gonna be the thing that predicts things to come. Is my mm. guess. So, uh, how to blow up a pipeline. Check it out. As Devendra said, it's on Hulu. It's a great movie. So frustrating Um, that two movies that have come up I haven't seen. (laughs) I don't think that's going to be true for the rest of the list, but we'll see, Jeff. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. All right. So uh, we are now at number seven. Um, And actually, before we get to number seven, why don't we take a quick break uh, for a sponsor? We'll be back with more of our top 10 movies of 2023 right after this. All right. Let's get to number seven choice. Devendra Hardwar, your number seven film of 2023. Well, speaking of movies you haven't seen, Jeff, and probably you too, Dave, because nobody has seen this movie. It's a goddamn shame. My number seven movie is A Thousand and One. Mm, This is A.V. Rockwell's debut feature. It's a powerful story about a mother who is recently uh, let out of prison um, and basically kidnaps her son from a neglectful foster system to give him a better life. It's a story about surviving in Giuliani-era New York City. So it's like the 90s and early 2000s. And uh, it's about surviving in a world that just really does not care to really help you. So you have to kind of make your own way and break some rules and make a lot of sacrifices to give the next generation a better life. I think this is a beautiful film. It's powerfully acted um, by Tiana Taylor, I believe. Um, And also three separate actors play uh, her son in this. It's a very moonlight in that way. I think it's a beautiful film and also really captures the way that um, big cities in New York City especially can feel both like a supportive environment and also just like this massive thing that just does not care about you at all. And it's trying to exist within that. There's a really particular thing, I guess. Um, It's a shame about this movie, too, because I saw this at Sundance. It got some buzz out of Sundance. It was on Peacock, I think, for most of the year. Nobody saw it. It had like a small, I think, a theatrical release, but not much buzz out of it. It is so disheartening to see a beautiful film that tells a wonderful story and I think is a signal of a of a filmmaker who has a lot of talent and who's going to be delivering a lot of stuff and just like completely forgotten for no reason. And that's a damn shame. So that's but why the I'm line it. must be drawn at Devendra's top 10 list. That he's must putting, be it. He's putting You're, it at a second. I'm putting it here. Me yeah. Something yeah. could exist on Peacock and no one would know about it. <laughs> something could exist on Peacock. Unfortunately, the entire uh, streaming service, Peacock. So harsh, Jeff. So harsh. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that is the problem, though. Yeah. Like, that is the problem that 
NBC is facing with that whole thing too. Anyway, I think this movie is fantastic. So if that description sounds good to you, um, it's worth a rent. You can rent it on demand right now. Um, check out The Thousand and One by Avery yeah. Rockwell. I've heard great things about this. It's made many people's top 10 lists of the year. Really? Uh, I've not seen yeah. it anywhere. I've seen so, it on okay. multiple. I've seen a thousand and one on multiple top 10 lists. Uh, so I feel yeah. like it may be me and Valerie complex and that's it, but okay. Mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. check. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Great, great choice as your number, uh, as your number seven, Devendra. Um, and let's get to Jeff Kanata's number seven list, uh, number seven item on his top ten films of twenty twenty three. Jeff Kanata, hit us. It's a bag of nuts. It can be. It can be any item. <laughs> <laughs> I love nuts. No, um, <laughs> I don't know. Wow, just leave that clip out. Okay. Um, <laughs> We're firing on all cylinders right now, guys. <laughs> My number seven film of twenty twenty three is Maestro. Seems I'm attracted to a certain type. Listen. Mm. I- you know, Lenny loves you. He really does. He's just a man, a horribly aging man who cannot just be wholly one thing. He's, he's uh, lost. I've always known who he is. Oh. Love this, love this. Yeah, it's a tour de force of artistry, uh, a beautiful movie with beautiful performances. It's a movie about the burdens of talent Mm-hmm. It's about the tragedy of only living on this planet for a short period of time and only being able to love a small number of people during that time. Um, and it has incredible cinematic flourishes, beautiful music. Um, I, I loved Maestro. I'm, I am such a fan of Bradley Cooper uh, directed films. I think I have really enjoyed all of his efforts and I think you know, he, I, I can't wait to see what he does next. I think Maestro is an incredible movie. I, it bums me out that many people will watch this at home with mm-hmm. bad sound, mm-hmm. you know, with the sound turned down or whatever and not listen. Like it, the fact that I got to watch this with the sound enveloping me and, and hear that incredible orchestral music all around me uh, really enhanced the experience of watching Maestro. But I think it's a great movie regardless of how you see it. I, I love this movie, Jeff. Honestly, at one point, this movie was up to my number five of the year, and then it mm. like fell off the list. Uh, but I have a lot of affection for this movie. It really spoke to me. Uh, we talked about it on the After Dark. Definitely recommend you check that episode out. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a great choice. Lo- beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, the movie is Maestro. It's Jeff Kanata's number seven. My number seven choice for 2023 films is Dream Scenario. In Dream Scenario, mm. Nicholas play, Nicholas Cage plays Paul Matthews, a man who randomly starts appearing in people's dreams. Just there. He's not doing anything. He's just standing around. And while he's initially excited by this development, he soon realizes that appearing in people's dreams comes with a few downsides. Dream Scenario is about a really outlandish premise, but it's also about the nature of fame, how we desire it, and how we cope with the downsides of it. It is the perfect movie for today's internet age where the lust for fame is ubiquitous. It's smart, it's funny, it has a classic Nick Cage performance. I don't know what more you could want in a movie. I love this movie. You should check it out. It's stream- It's uh, available for rent or purchase right now. The movie is Dream Scenario. It's my number seven choice. You don't know what so. anyone could want more in a movie except six other things that you found in. 
Wow. 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 Jeff. I also love Dream Scenario. I, oh, it's such should a great I start? Movie. Should I start trying to pick uh, you know away the logic holes in your uh, your top ten list, Jeff? <laughs> this movie has everything. What else could you want? Six movies were better than other it. than six other movies. <laughs> other than six other movies that I will list above this. One. Um, okay, Jeff. Fair. Fair. Sorry. Sorry. Just trying to uh, give some props. <laughs> No, it's a great movie. Scenario, I, but I anyway, also love Drew. Yeah, Shepard. yeah, it's I know great. you also love this one. So yeah. yeah, it's it's a great movie. You people should check it out. I think I think it will be a movie that is, so to speak, slept on. Mm-hmm. Um, but people should <laughs> people shouldn't. It's it's yeah. wildly enjoyable, and so check it out. Dream scenario. All right. I just want to point out that at this point in the list, there's only been I think one overlap. Yep. Uh, so that is like what uh, in our ta- in our first four choices each. There's only been there's been eleven unique films, which I think is kind of great. I have a feeling that's about to change pretty soon, but yeah, let's let's keep going. Number six, Divinia Harder. What's your number six film of 2023? Oh, that trend is not changing just yet. Uh, my number six movie is Joyland. This is Sam Siddiq's uh, film about a man and really his family living in modern day uh, Pakistan in a very traditional environment and just wanting more just wanting more from the confines of their existence of like a traditional marriage and a traditional heterosexual relationship with their wife and everything. It's about a man who basically he joins a burlesque show to make money. It's not really look, it's kind of looked down upon. So he tries to keep it a secret. He ends up falling in love with the star of that show. Who's a trans woman. And this is a movie about him exploring his sexual identity and just trying to figure everything out. But also it's about, you know, the women in his life too, and what his wife is going through and what the old lady who lives on the street, who visits his dad is going through. Like it is a very multi-layered perspective of life in a very restrictive traditional society and people just trying to strive for more or trying to like break against the confines of it. I think it's a wonderful film. And, um, you know, I, I think it's something everybody should see. And it's also easily accessible right now. It's on the Criterion channel. You could just go there and watch this movie. It's fantastic. That's Joyland by Simon Siddiq. I love the out-of-the-box pick, Devendra. I don't recall you mentioning this in a nope. what we've been watching. Yeah. Nope. So is, is, I mean, it's is, been is a couple something, weeks. Yeah, is this something yeah. you like? You watched in the last month, basically? I watched and, it two weeks ago, and yeah. it's just not something I brought up in what we've been watching. Right, yeah. right. Um, that's great. I love, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Criterion had actually a really great year, yes. honestly. Criterion Channel had like a bunch of great premieres. There was another movie called Godland on there yep. that I really wanted to try check out before. Godland uh, is there. A Fire is there. A Fire, yeah. The Eight Mountains. Like there's so many movies mm-hmm. that I'm just like, oh, like I really wanted to get to all those before my top 10. Didn't have a chance. Glad you had a chance to check out Joyland and make it your number six. It's streaming right now on Criterion. Jeff Kanata, your number six film of 2023. My number six film is John Wick 4. If they find you here, the table will kill my father. Me. Everyone, because you broke the rules. You shouldn't have come. You armed? Mm. Ooh. 
I always want to have at least one pure fun movie on mm -hmm. my list. And this is it this year. I said in our initial review of John Wick 4, and I still believe that it may be the best pure action movie I've ever seen. We could remove full dialogue scenes uh, and make this movie shorter. I think shorter. they did. I think they did. <laughs> well, full I think dialogue. they could remo yeah. remove a few more. You know, <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah. necessarily need to know all the machinations of the villain. Is that true? Yes. Could it be a little shorter? Yes. But does that matter? Because I'm here for the kick-ass action, and this movie delivers it over and over and over. It keeps topping itself, and it's some of the most fun I've had at the theater all year. And for that alone, it deserves entry on my list. I had a blast with John Wick 4. And, uh, you know, I I think it will be a movie I revisit a mm -hmm. lot. Just to, Best just to watch Best use of scenes. stairs of 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. I'm gonna, hey, hey, look. Uh, so Best Jeff, use of the Arc de Triomphe. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, uh, I, I got to admit, John Wick Chapter 4, also my number mm -hmm. six choice. Wow. Exactly Synergy! Synergy, wow. yes. Uh, and I agree completely with you. You know, we talked about this. I, I literally, you know, we all took, you can probably tell we all took notes uh, for the, for our top tens. And my, my first line in my notes was, it's not going to win any awards for screenwriting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, John Wick uh, himself speaks 380 lines during the course of the movie. Three hour movie. Um, over a, two, you know, 168 minute runtime. Yeah. So he speaks very few words during the course of the whole film. But uh, this movie, for me, defines the concept of generous filmmaking. These people who made this movie did not want to make a movie unless they felt they could deliver you something fresh and new. They were like, we're not going to make a movie unless we can make it worth it. We're not, you know, I, I dare say there are people out there that make movies just for the money, you know, just for mm. other reasons, right? I dare say it. And these are people that, like, yes, obviously they're benefiting financially from the movie, but they wanted to make a movie that would show you something you hadn't seen before. Um, and sure, there's some repetition with previous John Wick movies, but there are some amazing action concepts that are executed breathtakingly in this movie. Staircase sequence, the Arc de Triomphe sequence, and there's an overhead shootout that I literally screamed yeah. when I saw it for the first time. It was Incredible. dazzling. It was just mm -hmm. amazing. And so... So many amazing moments. Uh, I had a great time in the theater. This is one of the few movies I watched more than once in the theater this year. Um, I loved it. Great choice, Jeff Kanata. John Wick Chapter 4. It's Jeff Kanata and my number six choice for 2023. All right, folks. Getting real now. Mm -hmm. Into the top five. Here we go. Devinder Hardor, what's your number five film of 2023? Well, I've got also got another adrenaline pumping action movie for you guys. <laughs> And that is my number five film is Perfect Days. This is Vin oh. Vendor's film about a Tokyo bathroom attendant who spends his days cleaning toilets, uh, public toilets, and trying to capture the beauty of the world around him, too. He's a fascinating figure because um, it's Vin Vendor's. So it's like Paris, Texas. You know, it's like his movies that are very chill, very like atmospheric, just following these characters around and seeing them live their lives. But this man is so fascinating because he lives in a very, very basic Tokyo apartment doesn't even have its own bath. He has to go to the public bath to uh, to actually, you know, clean up. But he gets out every day. He looks up and he admires the sky and he admires the world around him. And he does his job dutifully. He does his job perfectly. And at lunch, he sits at the same bench every day 
and tries to take a picture of the way sunlight kind of casts through leaves and just tries to capture that sense of transcendence. He's somebody who totally lives in the now and has found like perfect happiness in doing that. And, um, you know, that it doesn't always work out well for him. But as an overall like life philosophy, I thought this was a deeply moving movie about about just recognizing that, about living in the now and trying to trying to give every moment your all and just not basically appreciating like everything around you when you can, even when you're cleaning the toilets in Tokyo. Like I, I found this movie very profound. So I loved it. Also great soundtrack because it's Vin Vendors, like there's classic rock every day. I mean it's called Perfect Days. So you've got Lou Reed on it too. Um just the vibe of it, the aesthetic of it. I really liked hanging out with this character. And also it's just an exploration of Tokyo. It's just casually uh, going yeah. around Tokyo and seeing these parks and places too. I, I freaking love this movie. So that's perfect days by Vim vendors. And I think it'll be uh, available in theaters or on video demand in like February's or yeah. you know, in the yeah. next like two months. It was I, a limited release. Yeah. I watched this movie this week uh, to mm-hmm. prepare for the top 10. It's not in my top 10, but I really liked it a lot. Um, my wife loved it. She thought it was incredible. Yeah. Walter Chow wrote, wrote a really yeah. remarkable review of this thing too. So yeah. I want to bring up a couple things about this movie that I enjoyed. First of all, uh, he I think he's a uh, he's a worker for something called the Tokyo Toilet Project, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the Tokyo TTP. Toilet Project basically imagines uh, like like has these really well designed public toilets, each of yes. which is different. Yes. And one of the best parts of the movie is just looking at these toilets. They're be- they're beautiful. <laughs> the freaking all- you close the door and like the frosted glass it's, just covers. Yeah, just like a, shrouds it's, you. It's, imagine <laughs> this amazing. toilet in a public place sitting in the middle of a park. It's uh-huh. made out of glass. Yeah. You go inside, you lock it and then all the glass like frosts, right? Like Yeah. It's you know, like it's that's, one of, that's one of the toilets and every single one has a distinct personality. In fact, <laughs> I looked up the making of this movie and it was originally conceived as a series of shorts about the toilets. Yes. Um, and yes. I was like, and then I, that didn't surprise me because I'm like, oh, wow. All, like yeah. anytime we're not with the toilets, I'm like, when can we get back to the, we toilets? Get back to the toilets? Where are the toilets? <laughs> um, yeah, so it is a stunning like, indictment. Tuesday for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stunning indictment of our public infrastructure too, of the fact yes. that. You can never, I, I I lived in New York, so I always have to like go find a bathroom, especially when yes. traveling with kids and stuff. Like you'll never find that. You'll never find a decently American uh, public care toilets or terrible. Well, yeah. toilet, to be fair, except for one in New York. Yeah. Each yeah. New York toilet also has its own identity. It's just a terrible, it terrible <laughs> it's identity. Just, it's just not it one you want to get to know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other thing that I really appreciated about this is like, it, it honestly gave me like photography goals. So what mm-hmm. he does is in the movie, he takes pictures and then he develops all of them and then he like looks at he like looks at them in sequence and then the ones he doesn't like he rips up which i'm like he's just using a disposable camera nothing fancy he rips it he rips it up and then once he likes he puts in a box and like puts like you know month and year on them and then puts it in a pile and i'm like Mm -hmm. i gotta start doing that i gotta start (laughs) i gotta start ripping some stuff (laughs) up no i start i take a lot of pictures but i don't like do anything to Mm -hmm. think about organize it printing your own photos is like a very profound experience and so i like I like the the fact that he does it in this. So there's a lot of things to like about the movie. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't make my top ten, but I I think there's going to be a lot of people that will enjoy it. So mm-hmm. um, Davindra is making a top ten list of movies that Jeff still needs to see. <laughs> yep. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, that is Davindra Hardware's number five. Jeff Canada, what's your number five movie of 2023? My number five is Across the Spider Verse. Ooh. Mm. First Spider-Verse, I believe, was on all of our lists. I think it was Dave's number one. Mm -hmm. And Mm. I think this one surpasses it in nearly every way. 
It takes the visuals, the storytelling, the animation techniques, the references, all of it to the next level. And this movie felt like, as I said, a reward for decades of comic book reading on my part. It's thrilling and fun. And I don't even mind that it ended on a cliffhanger uh, that may be many years in the coming to be <laughs> resolved. Uh, right. I had such a great time dazzled by Across the Spider-Verse, which is why it's my number five. Well, people are going to accuse me of copying Jeff Kanata's list starting wow. at number six. But <laughs> wow. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is also my number five choice for <laughs> Wow. 2023. So we have the Amazing. same number six, number five. He's in a pod over here. I have a feeling that some of my choices will also appear on <laughs> higher up on Jeff's list, uh, list as well. But yes. You know what people always say, Dave? You and I have exactly oh, the yes. same taste. 100%. Jeff got on a Dave <laughs> Like Chen. twinsies. There's no like, difference. Yeah. To go all there's the no time. difference between the two of them. <laughs> Uh, look, there's there's some things going against this film, okay? Uh, there have been reports that the workers behind the movie weren't treated very well, and also, in my opinion, it's only half a movie. And as Jeff hinted, we're not going to get the other half until late 2024, earliest, probably 2025, if not even later than that. Probably later than that. I'm guessing yeah. mm -hmm. 2026. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Um, but despite all this, I have to acknowledge this movie has some of the most innovative animation I've ever seen. You have characters of wildly different designs interacting with each other, sometimes with different frame rates interacting with each other, but it all feels seamless and beautiful. Um, we've seen so many animated films at this point, guys, like Disney, Pixar, DreamWorks, Illumination, like, and their style, it, it kind of has gotten a little samey over time. It's kind of like, oh, hey, we kind of understand what the limits of this technology are. And yeah, mm -hmm. sometimes it, it can be impressive occasionally, but we all kind of get it. Uh, it all feels a little bit of the same. It's nice to be surprised by what animation can do. And that's what this movie does. Uh, and it also uh, has a story that has a lot of heart in it too, you know? So clearly it's told by people who love the source material. So Jeff, you and I, simpatico yeah. for two choices and then never again, probably. <laughs> um, but that is my number five choice of 2023. Let's take one last break for a sponsor. We'll be back with more in our top 10 right after this. Let's get to the final four in our top 10 films of 2023. Devinder Hardwar, your number four choice for your top 10 films of 2023. Sure. My number four film is May, December. They're sweet, aren't they? Very. They're a very beloved part of this community. I can see that. So, what is it you love most about Gracie? She always knows what she wants. She's unapologetic. I think Todd Haynes made one of the most fascinating films of the year. It starts out with a relatively simple premise, premise but it really starts to branch out after that. And I think it's about so many things. It's about our obsession with tabloid drama. It's about the vampiric nature of retelling true stories and, uh, you know, the damage that those tablet situations can have on real people. And also a really, really messed up relationship. It's also about that. So I, I love this movie. I can't stop thinking about it. My wife and I talk about it quite often. Uh, I recommend it to my parents. Uh, I did not watch it with them, uh, but I did watch it like multiple times this year. And I just think it is a, wonderful little drama that is perfectly acted and um 
You know, it's a script from, I think, basically a first time or two. Um, there's just so much going on in this movie. Like, I cannot stop thinking about it. And that is why it's my number four. This is a great choice, Devendra. I love this movie. Uh, it was almost in my top ten mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and, and Natalie Portman delivers one of the best performances I've seen of the year in this movie. I think it's a great choice. May, December, streaming on Netflix. Devendra's number four film of 2023. Jeff Kanata. Uh, it's time for your number four, and I'm going to say, dude, if you choose my number four, which is to say, <laughs> there will be Mike, blows. Magic Mike's yeah. last dance. I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> oh, don't spoil oh. it. <laughs> what is your number four film of 2023, Jeff Kanata? My number four is American Fiction. Excuse me, uh, Ned. Do you have any books by the writer Thelonious Ellison? Yeah, uh, this way. Here you go. Right. Yeah. Wait a minute. Why, why are these books here? I'm not sure. I would imagine that this author, Ellison, is black. That's me. Ellison. Yeah. He is me, and he and I are black. Oh, bingo. No, no bingo, Ned. These books have nothing to do with African-American studies. They're just literature. The, the blackest thing about this one is the ink. I don't decide what sections the books go in, and no one here does. That's how chain stores work. Right. And you don't make the rules. Mm, Nice. I absolutely love movies like this. Movies about smart people wrestling with the challenge of creating great art. And Jeffrey Wright as a leading man. Can we have more of that, please? He's fantastic in this, as is the supporting cast. And uh, the social commentary in this movie is challenging and thought-provoking. It's a wonderful movie. I adore it. American fiction. Great choice. Uh, I really loved what that movie was wrestling with, Mm -hmm. this idea of people being expected to perform their race in public uh, settings and uh, obviously Jeffrey Wright, one of our great actors. So, uh, a, a lovely choice. Number four choice for Jeff Kanata, American fiction. It's time for my number four choice. My number four choice is poor things. Nice. Uh, poor things. A boldly original film has my favorite performance of the year. Uh, favorite, favorite actress of the year, actually. Um, Emma Stone, who I thought did such a great job in both poor things and the curse. Uh, she's just like, has a has won a spot a spot in my heart forever. She plays Bella Baxter and she does it with so much fearlessness and humor that this movie is irresistible. This movie is about how Bella is able to continually flummox the frequently horrible men around her just by being herself, learning and making her way in the world. It's funny, it's creative. It's a great time. Uh, I, I love this movie. It's poor things, my number four choice. I know it's a movie all of us loved. so yeah. All right, guys. We're getting to it. Oh, top boy. three movies of 2023. I, I mean, just want to say my my entire top four, like it could all, most of it could just have been shuffled in any position. Mm-hmm. Like those mm. movies are, are all, it's, it was hard for me to get granular on where they fit. You know, yeah, they're all so, so good. Interesting. I, my, I, the opposite for me. I'm yeah, like, I really, I feel end. very strongly yeah. about these mm. four in these positions. 
Uh, so I, I, I felt strongly about which four. I didn't know which mm. position of those. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. For, like usually, I'm I'm kind of like that, Jeff. But but this year, I was just like, this is very. Sometimes it's just like very clear, and this yeah, year for yeah. me it was very clear. But Devinder Hardwire, it's, it seems like it's very clear for you as well. Mm-hmm. What was your number three film of 2023? My number three film is The Boy and the Heron. I think this is the ultimate Miyazaki movie. It is one that is reckoning with Japan's past and also his old his own like role in it and uh, you know part of it. Um, but also it deals with the legacy of what we leave behind. And as an aging genius, like I wonder if that is it must be something he is thinking about quite well, uh, quite a lot. I also think it's a beautiful film. Like it's beautifully animated. We've gotten so much good animation this year, but it is both Miyazaki and also uh, Studio Ghibli showing that it can do things beyond just the Miyazaki style too. I did find it like um, fascinating to see like other animation styles within a Miyazaki movie. Mm. I love this movie. I, th- I think it's it's like wonderfully imaginative. It has those big fantasy Miyazaki sequences. It is so painful. Like it looks like it's painstakingly put together too, in terms of just how like yeah. gorgeous the animation is. Um, I yeah, this movie. If this is his last one. I think this is a hell of a way to go out. The Boy and the Heron, uh, a great work from one of the masters uh, and a great choice for Devinder Hardwar's number three film of 2023. Jeff Kanata, your number three film of 2023. Number three for me is Dream Scenario. Who's certain they've actually had a dream about me? Okay, let's explore this. This might get us somewhere interesting. Does anyone want to share the content of their dream? Yes, you? Well, um, <clears throat> I'm in this forest, wandering around, eating these strange mushrooms, and I'm in like a full tuxedo for some reason. Mm. It's such a fun, funny, wild movie and with an incredible premise, which it makes the most of. You know, it really explores in really fun yeah. ways. yeah. And I think this is the movie on my list that is the most of its time, the most of mm-hmm. our time. Yes, speaks absolutely. most eloquently to the times we are living in. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, you know, I always love movies that use magic, uh, fantastical elements to comment on the mundane truth of living. And this movie speaks to the mundane truth of living in 2023 with these beautiful flights of fancy this wonderful premise Uh, and it does it with humor and insight. Nick Cage is great. This movie is great. And it's one I'll be thinking of for a long time. Dream scenario. I had a feeling you'd put this higher up on your list, Jeff Kanata. Uh, (laughs) I also loved it as well. And and now I am feeling like if your number one is not my number one, uh, my number one might be your number two. uh, If that makes any sense, (laughs) we'll we'll find out momentarily, but uh, it's interesting. This is the I think this is the year where I've had the most overlap with Jeff. At the same time, I've had the least overlap with Devendra. I think that's mm-hmm. which yeah. is like uh, I don't think that's ever really Devendra's happened. Devendra's out before. playing in his own field I'm over here. here. It's love pretty it. fun. I love it. Yeah. I love Great. the I love the variety. So, my number three film of 2023 is Godzilla minus one. Ooh, there wow. are many things I expect from a Godzilla movie. I probably expect a sense of scale some city destruction, a really cool creature design for Godzilla. What I don't expect is a, an emotionally powerful movie about sacrifice and found family. <laughs> Godzilla Minus One has some of the most thrilling action scenes of the year, a spectacular final act, 
and an emotional core that makes this the best Godzilla movie I have ever seen. My favorite, at least. I loved it. You gotta see it with great image and sound, if possible. It's Godzilla minus one. Love this movie. So that's my number three film of 2023. All right, guys. Get to it. Top two. Devendra Hardwar. Your number two film of 2023. This is when we are starting to finally overlap. Yes. My number two movie is Across the Spider-Verse. Stop Spider-Man. You? Wait, me? Antonio, Miles, Miles Morales, he's entering Sector 4. Do I uh, have web on my face? What's the deal? Miles, he's right there. He's running. Turn around. I don't see anything, boss. <laughs> Mm, wow yeah for most of this year this was my number one movie because it feels like a miracle it feels like you know it's a stunning follow-up to into the spider-verse but to me it's even more astounding that it's a better movie in so many ways too it's visually more ambitious it's narratively trying to go for more while also like being more intimate with uh with miles and his parents and also with other characters too but i think like the reason i love this movie so much is that it shows us that anything is possible with animation this is why i love animations movies like this and the boy and the heron too like these are just artists working at a world-class level you know at, at a very high level with genius writers behind them too and a whole team that is just dedicated to producing like one of the most unique things we've ever seen so there are shots from this movie that i think are just some of the most beautiful things i've ever seen i wish i could like wallpaper my entire house with stills from this movie um i love across the spider-verse and yeah it is half a movie, but it did not feel that way to me. It felt like a complete, this felt complete. It's just the ending leaves me wanting more. That's all. It's a great choice. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. The only movie that has appeared on all of our lists at this point. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think so. As it should yeah. be. Yeah. At this at this moment. That could change yeah. in the next 10 seconds. <laughs> Jeff Kanata, your number two film of 2023. And so it shall. <laughs> My number two is Poor Things. Wedderburn became much weepy and sweary when he discovered my whoring. I find myself nearly jealous of the men's time with you rather than any moral aspersion against you. It is your body, Bella Baxter, yours to give freely. I generally charge 30 francs. Well, that seems low. Ooh, which I yes. believe was on everybody else's lists as well. Uh, it's such mm-hmm. a bold and interesting vision. It takes familiar classical tropes and grounds them in a way that resonates even more in a modern context. And yet the setting, the filmmaking, the look and feel of this movie is anything but grounded. It's a fable. It's a fairy tale with gorgeous, effortless world building that brings us on a journey of self-discovery and pure adventure that is funny, sexy, and ultimately enlightening. It's a movie unlike anything else this year, and I am so glad I got to see Poor Things. Awesome, Jeff. I'm so glad you love that movie. Yeah, uh, so Poor Things and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the only things that the film cast house can agree on in terms of good movies this year. 
Jeff, I I feel like we might have the same number one movie. Of I year. bet I'm you starting guys to do. feel it too. Yeah. But yeah. I do yeah. not think you like this movie as much as me. No, That's I think we might have the same number of movie of the year. We're gonna find out momentarily. Yeah. Wow, it's I'm I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, we're sweat, we're I'm sweating. on the edge of my seat. Our, yeah. I'm on the edge of my seat about this. Uh, but okay, anyway, my number two film of 2023 is Past Lives. Is he attractive? I think so. He's really masculine in this way that I think is so Korean. Are you attracted to him? I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. Mm. Uh, Celine Song's movie about an immigrant woman named Nora reconnecting with a former friend is filled with longing and regret. But it's also about a different slice of the immigrant experience. It's not about what happens to the people who leave and go somewhere else. It's equally about what happens to the people who stay behind and all the stories that don't get to happen because those stories are interrupted. It's a beautiful film with soulful performances, and it just makes you think about all the connections you have in your life and all the ones you've missed. Stuff that I personally spend a lot of time thinking about in my own time. Um, uh, A wonderful debut, beautiful movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Definitely one that was very thought-provoking for me. I would strongly recommend you watch Past Lives. I I I, absolutely love this movie, Dave. So, yeah. yeah. I watched it last night. Because I knew it was oh, going to be on your yeah. list. <laughs> yeah, wow. I did. I watched it yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I thought it was a lovely movie. Yeah, it yeah. is certainly a, a one of my honorable mentions. Yeah, it did not make my top ten. Sure, but sure. Um, I think it's a sweet, small little movie. A beautiful, patient movie. Yeah, it's about the moments in between yes. the lines. Yes, um, and uh, I, I really was glad I watched it. But unfortunately, did not make my time. Yeah, yeah, One yeah. of my favorite opening scenes of the year, too. Like, it is just like unconventional how it tells this story and how it presents these characters and where it goes. It is fascinating. I'm yeah. just going to say, Jeff, um, I'm touched that you watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm touched that you checked it out because, um, you know, it's not, I haven't been like banging the drum about past lives for the last few months, but the fact that you thought about it, um, it's touching. So thanks for checking yeah. it out, Jeff. All right. Here it is our number one films of 2023. Uh, let's start with Divinger Hardware. Divinger Hardware. Yeah. What is your I, number one film of 2023? Once again, I bet I'm an outlier here, but um, my number one film of 2023, 2023, <laughs> is Killers of the Flower Moon. Shows itself to you that Bill Smith didn't take the proper care of Minnie the way he could have. To have her sick and die, take her hen rights and her land. That oil, which you go to her sister's, your wife. Well, he's taking money that by rights you go to Molly. My mother, Lizzie. She's not in good shape. She won't last. Most Osage don't live past 50. Were these women dying with how Osage suffered from illness? You have to make it the head rats come to you. You see? Hmm. I call this movie a masterpiece in our review, and I still feel this way about it. You know, this year we've seen so many directors make films that feel like they're the culmination of their careers. You know, it's Miyazaki uh, telling the story about a master who doesn't, you know, can't 
uh, keep his talents moving forward. Um, I think even Napoleon feels like that a little bit for Ridley Scott and just like the way he makes movies. Um, I think once again, Scorsese is flashy. You know, he is focusing on flashy criminals, but what is fascinating about this movie is that they're not so flashy. They're actually just pure evil, a symbol of America's, you know, racism and relentless uh, desire to destroy uh, native lives and culture. And I think this is a powerful film. I think Lily Gladstone is, is a wonder in it. I cannot stop thinking about like about this movie and what this movie means for the state of America and how you could draw a straight line from this original sin of America, the way they treated natives basically to everything still happening now. Um, I hope it leads to more powerful explorations of native peoples. And I think um, it's incredible to see Scorsese make such a, a thing that feels even more mature than he's ever done, even though he is, he's in his eighties, right? He is, he has been doing this for a long time. It still feels like he's still learning. And to me, that is fascinating too. It's a great film. Uh, and one that I was so, I feel so lucky to have been able to see this movie in a theater. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had this weird feeling when I watched Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm like, you're not going to get too many more of these, David Chen. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, that's how I felt. It was like, you're not going to get a chance to see like an epic movie by one of the great directors of all time in a movie theater for that much longer. Like, I, I don't know. It just feels like that whole generation of filmmakers is, you know, um, getting older and there's and they're making movies right until the end and i love that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but you know like what are the movies that are going to be you know is there going to be a movie like killers of the flower moon coming out in 10 years 20 years i don't know uh I, I feel lucky to have been around when a movie like this was able to come out it's a great choice for davindra's number one movie of 2023 killers of the flower moon jeff Kanata, should we count from three to one and say it at the same <laughs> no, time like what do you no no, <laughs> no. I think they might be the same, but I'm. I think they might I, be I'm the surprised. same. I, I will let oh, you go first. I will let yeah. you go first. Okay. Okay. Jeff Kanata, what is your number one film of 2023? Well, Dave, <laughs> I guess you could say my number one film of 2023 is best summed up in the form of a limerick. <laughs> Are you ready? Always. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to be. There were some spots that were too close to call. (laughs) I know where this is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one film stands over them all. It could not have been cooler because it stars Sandra Huller. It's Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah. (laughs) Nicely done, Jeff. Is yours also Anatomy of a Fall, Dave? My number one film of 2023 is also Anatomy of a Fall. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry. But I don't know. You, you, you come here, okay, with your, maybe your opinion, and you tell me who Samuel was and what we were going through. But what you say is just, uh, it is just a little part of the whole situation, you know. I mean, sometimes, sometimes a couple is kind of a chaos and everybody is lost, no? And sometimes we fight together and sometimes we fight alone and sometimes we, we fight against each other. That happens. And I think it's possible that Samuel needed to see things the way you described them. But if, if I'd been seeing a therapist, he could stand here too and say very ugly things about Samuel, but would those things be true? 
High five. So, you fall high together. Five. I, I Air honestly high five. didn't think you loved it as, as much as I did. I thought it was pretty obvious how uh, what mine was going to be, but I, I did not... Uh, I, I did not recall you. Uh, I know I knew you liked it, but I didn't know it was the, your favorite movie of the year. I will just do my little yeah, please. spiel here. Tell us, yeah. Uh, this is a film of delicious mysteries and simple, beautiful humanity. It shows how complicated relationships can be and how inscrutable they inevitably are from the outside. It forces us to question our own assumptions and challenges the notion that we can judge from the outside looking in. The performances are incredible. The filmmaking raw. It's my favorite movie of the year. I hope everyone makes a point to see Anatomy of a Fall. And I notice it is hit VOD. Yes. Uh, please mm -hmm. check it out. It's incredible. Uh, Sandra Huller, I hope, is nominated for an Academy Award. She is exquisite in the movie. And um, I think the supporting cast is also excellent. Uh, riveting filmmaking that challenges your notions of what you can think about the world and, and other people. Um, and I'm, I'm so pleased that it is also your number one, Dave. Yeah. I think what is great about anatomy of a fall is it is about how unknowable things are, right? That's what it is about. Uh, what happens in this film, film by Justine Triet is there is a fall, a, a, an incident where someone falls uh, that is catastrophic and it becomes the defining event of this family's life. And uh, beyond just following what happens with the protagonist, Sandra, and the recriminations and investigations that come, the movie's about how we know things, how we think we know things, right? So many people, you know, Jeff, we talked about like dream scenario and how it's of our time. I feel like this is, equally relevant to today's society. So many people think they know what other people's lives are. Yeah. You know, like you, people see a viral video on TikTok of couch guy or whatever. And they're like, I think I know what that relationship is because or I saw a 30 second clip. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Or even on a grander scale, you know, it certainly recalls the like Johnny Depp right. trial right. that everyone would seem to be hanging on every you, you, word you of. Th you, you see clips of stuff on the internet, you see clips of stuff on the news, and you think, I know, oh, those people are like this. Those people yeah. are this archetype. And you just, you, you, you jump to all these conclusions about who people are around you or that you know or celebrities or who else. And what this movie presupposes is what if you don't know anything? What if you are looking through, looking at a piece of paper or a map through a straw? You're seeing a tiny glimpse of this thing. And it's the proportion of confidence. <laughs> you know, like, it's like the, the level of confidence is inversely proportional to actual knowledge a lot of the time, right? People have so much confidence about like, it's definitely like this. It's definitely like that. And I love a movie like this that challenges those preconceptions. It's, it's essentially saying, hey, you don't actually know anything. Only the people in the thing know it. Only the people in the thing know it. And even they're each only getting half the story, right? This movie is thrilling. It's meticulous. It's thought-provoking. features some of the best performances of the year, including, by the way, some incredible dog acting <laughs> yes. that I don't even know how they achieved. That's, I hope like, it's not method. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how that was accomplished. Um, <laughs> But it's a monumental achievement, and uh, I think it's one that you know deserves everyone's attention. Uh, and that's why it's my number one film of the year. It's Anatomy of a Fall.
Also, best villainous lawyer of the year, too. Just a big <laughs> so, guy. So, so good. Punch him. Just want to punch him. In the <laughs> but he's like, but yes, yes, you want. Yeah. But he's also like good at his. He's job. good. He's good at it. Makes yeah. good points. Yeah. He's make good points. He makes that well, wig. Jeff, he's really wearing that wig. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, uh, real mixed feelings right now. Um, <laughs> because on the one hand, it's always nice to feel like you're a simpatico with some of your mm-hmm. co-hosts, you know, uh, who we make the show with. On the other hand, wow, Jeff. Um, Really took the wind out of my sails there, huh? <laughs> really, uh, really. <laughs> I, we had what? What did we have? We had matching number six. We had matching number five. Yeah. We also both had poor, poor things, things and dream, dream scenario, scenario on our list. Yeah. And then our number ones were the same. So yeah. Jeff Kanata and I had very similar lists. Me, clearly, like in a dream scenario with each other. You're yeah. just like <laughs> I need to, there. Like I need to take a list. shower. <laughs> uh, I am amazed, by the way, that none of us have put Oppenheimer in our yeah, top no, tens. No Oppenheimer on or the list, Barbie. no Barbie, yeah. no Super Mario Brothers, you know, nothing. nothing yeah. None of the top three films of the year in terms mm-hmm. of uh, box office grosses. Not surprised about Super Mario Brothers, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah. Well, it was, I, I think, yeah, yeah go ahead. I'm, go ahead, I'm impressed that uh, Devendra went with uh, Killers of the Flower Moon because I was going to point out none of us put Killers of the Flower Moon, but then yeah. there it is, number one. Out of there no, it is. Out of, coming yeah. out of nowhere. You know, yeah. Scorsese, wild Scorsese. Yeah. yeah, we have so many more choices to discuss. So many movies in our honorable mentions. It will be in the after dark. Uh, but any any other observations about the list before we wrap this up for the year? Mm. Um, yeah. I, I want to say I think these are all awesome movies. You know, yes. like I'm I'm really happy to see this variety of movies on our top tens and mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited and, to check out a lot of the movies on Devinter's list. Yeah. That I have <laughs> My yet list to see. was basically chosen to be like, hey. There, there's a ton of other great movies yeah. out here this year. You should yeah. all see everything in our top tens, especially my top ten. Yeah, I think I, I will admit that seeing other people's top ten lists does, in some way, shape my list. A li- not, mm-hmm. a, not a lot. Mm-hmm. Not, not a lot. It's not like it's not like it's going to change my number one or anything. Right. Right. But maybe if I see Oppenheimer on like fifteen top ten lists, I saw Oppenheimer in everybody's lists, and, and, and it's I like, was maybe, like, maybe that means I, I don't need to put it on my list. Maybe that yeah. means like I yeah. can put something else. On. Now I don't think Oppenheimer would have made the list anyway, but I'm just yeah. saying yeah. like uh, I thought I'm Oppenheimer just, was know. an amazing movie, but mm-hmm. I you know I I wouldn't yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. in my top 10. Oh, yeah. well, go ahead. The thing about Oppenheimer is I was like, I kept seeing on everybody's top 10s, like, maybe I should reassess Oppenheimer. Maybe <laughs> I'm wrong about my feelings. And then I look at the time length of Oppenheimer. I'm like, I could watch two other movies that I've never seen before and actually like have a new experience with those. And I, that's what I ended up doing. I didn't have time to rewatch Oppenheimer. I think I chose wisely because I'd rather see those new movies. I uh, would love us to say what, the biggest surprise on each other's list is um, I, I would say I expected Bo is afraid to be much higher on your list. Dave. Yes. Mm, yeah. I was shocked. Oh, it was wow. at 10. Mm, um, yeah. I am also very surprised that Godzilla minus one is that high for you. Yeah. I thought Godzilla minus one would be on Devendra's list. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. I was surprised. I liked that, it. I totally I was surprised yeah. that yeah. Godzilla minus one was not, I, I just had a, I had such a profound experience watching Godzilla minus one. Mm-hmm. I think like, I, I was thrilled and I cried. Like, it's rare for a movie to thrill me and also make me cry. Not you know since War Horse has this happened. <laughs> How dare <Yeah>. you? <laughs> I just think you just like large animals going through crisis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> animals uh, and large, war. That's all Large we need. creatures going through crisis. That's correct. I, uh, I, if, I, if you had asked me which of the three of us liked that movie the most, I would have said Devendra. And mm. I mean, I really liked it, but uh, yeah. I think also, Dave, you were the one pushing to do a full review for it. So yeah. I, think we both, I, was, I think it was yeah. a yeah. M- yeah. mutual decision. But yeah, I think. Uh, 
I just had such a, uh, and also like the other thing. So a made me cry. B it was like thrilling action, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, C came out of nowhere. Like it's not a movie that yeah. was even yeah. on our radar three months ago. Right? For sure. Like, so yeah. So like for all those reasons, it's like oh that that you know earns a spot on the list is like it just is like mm-hmm. and, and i say that because it's like it's not like it was like endlessly hyped and then we saw it and it's like not as good as we thought it would be you know so, right um i don't know honestly it was pretty hyped before we saw it or at least before mm-hmm. i saw it sure sure but uh we yeah, were telling yeah. you how good it was yeah in terms of your your list jeff uh i don't know that there's that many surprises i, I think mean the horror these... movies are surprising yeah, yeah two. Talk, putting two talk to me them. and no one will save you that you know that's mm-hmm. That's uh, Jeff. Jeff kind of is turning over a new horror leaf. That's nice to see. It's I was just saying um, our influence. I thought yeah. at least one of you would have no one will save you on your list. As it well. was close. Yeah. Like there are so many things. Listen, I basically have a top thirty. You know, <laughs> yeah, so like yeah, there were yeah. so yeah. many close things. And I love. I just love that Devinger put how to put a, uh, how to blow up a pipeline in his in his number because it's not a movie we mm-hmm. have referred to endlessly on the podcast leading up to. That. And it's always nice when you get to the end and it's like, oh, you've been thinking about this movie the whole time. Yep. As well, you know, like yeah. that's cool. Yep. You know, when you, when you get to the end and and that that happens. So yeah, um, and of course, Devinger's list is full of like a bunch of surprises. Um, I would not have but, guessed Killers would make number one for him. I would not have guessed mm, that. I mean, I mm. I knew I no, loved I think, that movie uh, yeah, from I the first he, moment I saw. I, it. I had a yeah. I think there's a. But huge... it was gonna. It was Spider Verse until I saw Killers. To be wow. honest, so mm. yeah. yeah, yeah, and yes. So the the overlaps on our list. We all had poor things. Mm-hmm. We all had Spider Verse, and that's it. I think right. That's, that's what it. I said. That's what yeah. I predicted. Two, I said two or yeah. three would be on all three of our lists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of our most like diverse uh, yeah. set of lists ever. So, mm-hmm. love it, guys. Love yeah. it. Well, wonderful year for movies. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's really impressive that all these movies were made. <laughs> so they're going to list, off, list <laughs> off thirty directors. <laughs> 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 All right, folks, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of The Filmcast. You can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us. Let us know what you thought of these lists, what your top tens are at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. And support this podcast at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. Theme music for this podcast comes from Tim McEwen from The Midnight. Uh, a huge thanks to Kurt Mega for his video editing help, as well as Noah Ross, who not only wrote the weekly plugs music and the spoiler bumper for this podcast, but also edited this episode next week on the podcast, guys, we're going to follow up. So we got our after dark, we got our honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. We're going to start and... the bet top 10 of 2024 off already. Yeah. yeah. But next, next yeah. week we're going to, we're going to is, is a movie that is in heavy contention yes. for our top 10 movies of 2024 already. Mm-hmm. And that is Jason Statham's The Beekeeper is going to be the main review. Buzz, buzz, next week. baby. <laughs> There's a lot of buzz around this one. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Should be Listen, a really fun we need time. a break. We need yes. to see Jason Statham punching things right punching, now. Punching, uh, preferably some insects. <laughs> no, he is he is the man throwing insects from his oh, fist. Right. No, he has a dog that shoots beads out of, his, out of their mouths. Yeah. It is true that uh, holiday season, often a lot of the movies are a bummer. Yeah, and so uh, having a beekeeper in there to uh, to liven things <laughs> hopefully, up. Hopefully, it's not also. A hopefully, bummer. it's not also a bummer. <laughs> uh, I, I would oh. say I would love to oh, hear sorry, folks, uh, you know, in the Slack filmcast or or mm-hmm. emailing us or however you can get a hold of us. I'd love to hear if there's one movie, maybe not Oppenheimer. You know, that seems like an obvious choice. But if there's mm-hmm. one movie that didn't appear on any of our lists that you think is the glaring omission. You're right. Right. I would love, I would to love see that. that. Yeah. Nothing like getting 50 emails about how we're wrong, Jeff. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for triggering that. But yeah, sure. Slash filmcast at gmail.com. 
Send it in. Uh, what What is one movie that you think should have been in the top 10s? It'd be fun to talk about it next week, you know? Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, uh, a huge thanks to everyone who supports this podcast at Patreon and makes the show possible. Thank you guys for a great year of movies and talking about them. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>